Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Welcome to the World in Sport. I'm Vinnie Wiley. This week, another Fiji Rugby CEO quits. Good news for Pacific Rugby World Cup hopes. Australia and Fiji's sevens teams are headed for Rio and rivalries to resume in the Oceania Champions League. But first, the All Blacks rugby great Jonah Lomu has died. The New Zealand Rugby CEO Steve Chu says they are all shocked and deeply saddened at his sudden death. Born in Auckland of Tongan descent, Jonah Lomu was the youngest rugby player to put on the black jersey and is arguably the most famous and iconic rugby player in history. Keith Quinn was commentating during the 1995 World Cup when Lomu burst onto the global scene. He says Lomu came from humble beginnings to become a global star. His appeal was global, it was ongoing, and uh, he modestly uh, accepted it, lived with it every day and had time for everyone. Uh, he never, I never saw him ignore anyone, ever. Uh, he was such a gentle person. Tonga's sports minister, Fe'a Vakata, says Lomu brought great pride to the islands too. Even people here in Tonga have named the children after Tonga Lomu. And that's, uh, and then everybody has been saying they have related to Tonga Lomu uh, here in Tonga. But, uh, and that's how much we are proud and appreciated what he had given Tonga and New Zealand and World Rugby. Mr Vakata says he will bring up how to mark Lomu's death at Friday's Tongan government cabinet meeting. The outgoing CEO of the Fiji Rugby Union denies he was forced to resign and says he's leaving because he's achieved what he set out to do. Rindrondro Tambuilevu was only appointed 15 months ago and his exit continues a high turnover rate at Fiji House with five people having filled the position on a permanent or temporary basis in the past four and a half years. He says it was his decision to quit and now is the right time to go. I'd come in uh, about 15 months ago. I was brought in by the previous board to attend to a few uh, issues that were current at that point in time. Chief amongst which was the finalisation or, or the clarity around our sponsorship deal. And then after that, key objectives was to qualify for uh, Rio and then prepare a team for the World Cup. 15 months later, that's been achieved and it's uh, time to move on to uh, other things. You mentioned coming in under the previous board. Have you had issues with the current board led by Francis King? Uh, no, the, it, it, uh, as, as usual, the uh, new board comes in. I uh, had uh, started work in the previous board. I think uh, one of the key things in the previous board was the uh, outstanding AGM of the Fiji Rugby Union. We were able to uh, resolve that and we were successfully uh, voted in the uh, current board at that AGM. Boards and CEOs at the Fiji Rugby Union seem to be 
turned over with very uh, frequent regularity. I think you're the fifth CEO, be it acting or permanent, in the past four and a half years, uh, and there's a lot of chairmen as well. How difficult does that make it for stability in an organisation like the Fiji Rugby Union? I think one of the key steps has been taken earlier this year at the special AGM of the uh, Fiji Rugby Union. There was an unanimous decision for the board now to have terms of four years uh, as opposed to uh, two years before and that the uh, board are to run from a World Cup to uh, the next World Cup year. So uh, that should um, provide a basis for more stability here on in. So in your position, have you had conflict with higher powers in terms of being able to do your job or are you telling me now that you've been able to do your job freely as you wish? Yeah, I've uh, been able to uh, achieve uh, things I've wanted to uh, achieve. Now it's uh, back to uh, family business to uh, try and short it up. So i uh, confident that I'll be welcome uh, back at the rugby house whenever there's a need to come back. You leave the Fiji Rugby Union at a very interesting time. Obviously, a lot of people were very complimentary of their World Cup performance the qualifying process means that Fiji are all but assured of making the 2019 tournament and of course in the past few days confirmation as well that Fiji, Samoa and Tonga have a seat from next year on the World Rugby Council so quite an exciting time to be leaving. Yes and if I may be allowed to be selfish we've achieved key milestones. The last thing we want is to uh, have uh, complacency creep in so perhaps it's a good time to pass it on to uh, somebody who's coming in with a new vigour. What involvement will you still have with Fiji Rugby? Will you continue in some capacity? Rugby in uh, Fiji, um, I, I, I think we don't have a choice. If you were male and Fijian, rugby is part of you. So yes, there's, uh, certainly uh, feel very keen to help out in rugby, be it uh, club level or uh, provincial uh, level or even at the national level. Still very much a part of everyone's life, my life particularly. Looking forward, uh, as you say, we've built a good foundation, so we should be uh, moving on to uh, bigger, better things. And I'd certainly like to continue to contribute. That's the outgoing CEO of the Fiji Rugby Union, Rindrondro Tambuulevu. Up to four Pacific Rugby nations could feature at the next World Cup following the announcement of a revamped qualifying process. Fiji, Tonga and Samoa missed out on the 12 automatic qualifying spots from the 2015 tournament, but the traditional rivals will contest a new Pacific Tri-Nations over the next two years. The top two teams from that will earn direct qualification to the 2019 World Cup in Japan. The third-place team will play a home-and-away playoff with the top side from the Rugby Europe Championship, excluding Georgia, with the overall winner also qualifying for the World Cup. Additionally, the Oceania Cup winners will play the highest-ranked Asian Rugby Championship team for a place in the Repercharge tournament, from which the final World Cup berth will be found. Tournament director for the American Samoa Rugby Union, Iinga Peseta Samavainga, says the new qualifying path is a boost for developing nations in the Pacific. Quite exciting for us for another opportunity to get through the World Cup. I think it's every nation's dream to participate in the World Cup. And for us, a nation that we're trying to develop rugby, uh, we're certainly quite thankful for the opportunity again for us to compete in that level. I think our participation in the Oceania Cup this year really encourages us to look forward to some more tournaments for us to participate in. And with this opportunity with the World Cup, I think it's uh, it's quite exciting to look forward to that opportunity. 2015 was the first time American Samoa had competed in the Oceania Cup. So um, I guess, you know, it's all still very new for you guys at the 15-a-side level. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, it's something that we dreamed about for a long time. And I think it certainly helped us this year when we had the opportunity to play in the Oceania Cup. Our boys did really well for the first time. 
I think it's just the magnitude of the tournament that kind of got them by surprises. But I think the more tournaments that we participate in, I think the more chances for the boys to uh, to play in that kind of level. Uh, and I must say too, I think the preparation was something that we sort of lack on because of the funds. You know, as a developing nation in rugby, we don't get much from IRB. And hopefully that this new opportunity that IRB will seriously looking at providing some of the funds for us so that we can get our boys prepared like every other nation to uh, prepare for this level of the games that we are now playing. It's still been quite new to the 15-a-side level. I mean, do you feel like you can be competitive in a Oceania Cup against the likes of a PNG or Cook Island? So I guess I've been around oh, uh, a well, lot longer. Yeah. Yeah, I think we've proven ourselves in the last tournament. We did really well, but the conditioning of the boys and the preparation, some of them were injured in the first game, you know, some of our best players. So I think it's the conditioning part of it that comes, you know, the durability of the players to still continue to play on a weekly basis. Uh, I think that's something that we were looking at, and that's why I mentioned our conditioning and our preparation. We just want to make sure that the boys are fit and, and ready to go at any given time. But you know, as far as the skills, like the skills are there. It's just a matter for them to train uh, on a certain level and anticipate to play at a certain level uh, at these tournaments. That's the tournament director for the American Samoa Rugby Union, Yinga Peseta Sa Mavainga. Australia and Fiji have won the men's and women's Oceania Sevens Championship titles in clinical fashion to seal their spot at the Rio Olympics. Both teams finished unbeaten over the weekend, with Australia conceding just one try and the Fijiana no points at all. Australia thrashed surprise finalists Tonga 50-0 in the men's final, while Fiji put 55 unanswered points past Samoa in the women's. Tonga provided one of the weekend's biggest talking points, thumping Samoa 41-5 in the semi-finals. Coach Andy Kator is happy with the progress shown by his side. Our goal was to was to get here and put ourselves in the position like like today, you know. Um, you know, uh, unfortunately, we came up against uh, Australia, right? So, those those are the kind of things you know we're working hard on on trying to make sure we can be able to play two good games back to back, you know. So that's that's always a coach's uh, chore for myself. So overall, in general, we've accomplished what we wanted to do was to qualify for the rep charge and will be able to give us uh, another seven months to work everything out and be able to develop more kids and put more kids through our program. Going into the tournament, the favourites for the men were expected to be Australia and Samoa, and for the women, uh, Fiji, almost unbackable. So uh, you might not have won, but you've probably uh, produced the uh, result of the weekend, the one everyone's talking about, the big win over Samoa. So uh, that's obviously a sign of progress and, and, and something building. We knew if we could put ourselves in that first day, work hard in that first day to give us the result that we needed on the first day they would be able to put ourselves in that position the second day. So we did that. But why wouldn't you think it's going to be Samoa and Australia, right? They're core teams. So I think they're, what, they're fifth and sixth in the world, right? So why wouldn't you think that way? Absolutely. As you say, you're in the rapid charge, so you've got another life still. Uh, I think the latest talk is that maybe that tournament's going to be something like June, possibly closer to the end of the season. Does that work for you? It does. It does. You know, it just uh, gives us more time to... Our biggest problem is playing time. You know, that gives us more time. Hopefully it will give us more funding and, uh, and our union will be able to get behind us after the World Cup and, uh, and be able to kick us ahead and, and, uh, and be ready for that. But then again, we, we've qualified for Hong Kong. You know, we're going to be in Fiji in, in January. 
and then we're going to continue. You know, we're hopefully going to be in Samoa in February, so we're going to continue to get better. I was talking to the Oceania people, and they were saying that uh, Sydney and Wellington is still apparently World Rugby haven't decided how they're going to allocate it. Apparently, that you know, it might not just be from a tournament like this. It might be sort of uh, what they think might be a good option or something. Do you? I mean, do you have any idea about Sydney, Wellington, how that might work if you might get there? And, and well, you know, we were we were kind of in the notion that we put ourselves in this position that we would move on to those two, right? But uh, I've heard rumors that they were going to bring on other teams to uh, get them ready for the Olympics, you know? But why are we going to do that? This is an Oceania game, right? Okay, so we should be able to be allowed to, you know, that's what we've been working hard for. We should be allowed to move on and get the experience and get more playing time through that process, right? Because that's what it's always been. So for them to change that now or if they're going to, you know, they'll be sad because countries like ours we need to be playing. The Tonga and Samoa men's teams will get one final chance to qualify for Rio at a rapid charge tournament next year. Samoa coach Damien McGrath is happy they are still in the mix. We've literally had nine weeks as a team so we've come such a long way and um, it's been an upward curve all the way so we've had to expect a hiccup. It was a bigger hiccup than I was uh, hoping for but we finished well. In that match against Tonga uh, early on one try apiece it looked like it was going to be in for a real close one. Tonga obviously have been you know, reasonably impressive over this tournament. Uh, wh- where did it get away? Do you think you just conceded a couple and then it just sort of crept up and the, the pressure got to them? Or They're big game players. You know, the, the guys they brought back from the World Cup made a big difference for them. And I think we played the team sheet as opposed to playing the team, and that made a difference. Emotionally, uh, we were a bit too high to start, and once the floodgates opened, we, we struggled to close them. So we were well beaten, and, and you know, they deserved their place. But I think uh, the, you know, the weekend's shown that we're, we're, on the right, we're on the right track. And uh, after a difficult loss like that, not getting to the final, uh, you must be happy with the response your players show. Pretty emphatic against PNG, you know, when they're obviously very disappointed to come out and put in a strong performance to finish. Yes, I, I couldn't have asked for any more. Um, we were lucky we got a chance to put things right straight away and we haven't had to brood on it for a few weeks. So I couldn't have asked for any more than, uh, than they did. So that was good. You've spoken about the pressures coming into this job and how demanding and passionate the Samoan public is. There's no question at this ground that there's more Samoan supporters than anyone else. What reception are you expecting when you get home? If you'd have asked me two or three hours ago, I'd have said positive. I hope that they see how far we've come in a short space of time. And, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day, as the old saying goes. You know, we, from where we were last year and, and the, the disappointment, I think we're on the right track. And I said in the, in the local press back in Samoa that, you know, after Christmas you'll probably see the best of this team, and I'm, I stand by that. And it's about to get very busy. Of course, Dubai is only uh, two, weeks, two three weeks away yeah. now. Uh, your first World Series tournament. And then, of course, in the back of your mind, you've got this reaper charge, which I think people are talking January, February, something like that, potentially, to think about as well. Well, I think uh, we've just been told it's possibly at the end of the season in June, which is good for us. I think maybe you know, we, we'll look at bringing back some of our bigger names, if that's possible. So... Um, it's all to play for, all to play for. Yeah, you, you have talked about being keen on bringing some names back, so that's more with the ripper charge in mind than the World Series. I think so. I think because the players are contracted uh, elsewhere, that'll be really difficult for a small nation like Samoa to do. But if the window opens and we can get those players in, we'll, we'll definitely do that. And the Samoa and Cook Islands women's sevens team will also feature in the ripper charge event after finishing second and third in Auckland. Defending champions Auckland City will resume their rivalry with Vanuatu's Amicala FC for the third straight year after being drawn in the same pool for next year's Oceania Champions League. The teams contested the 2011 and 2014 O-League finals and it was Auckland who again had the edge during the group stage in Fiji earlier this year. Joining them in Group A will be newcomers the Lay City Dwellers from Papua New Guinea and winners of the Solomon Islands Domestic League. 
Amicala's technical director, Anthony Pisano, believes the Vanuatu champs can contend for the title. At the end of the day, uh, if we're going to win, we have to beat Auckland anyway. So, yeah, we welcome the challenge once again. In a competition like this, which is uh, you know slowly um, you know getting bedded in further, and there have been changes in over the years, um, it's good to have uh, you know these rivalries form. I mean, it's good for football in Oceania to have these rivalries because there's uh, they're few and far between. So, um, and that's obviously one of the uh, the bigger ones. Also, uh, from what I gather, it's quite likely that Solomon Warriors uh, will be in the group too. So that's another uh, big rival of uh, of Amical. Here uh, in Melanesian countries of the Solomons and Vanuatu. So, so it's going to be an interesting uh, group. And of course, the fourth team being a newcomer from PNG, the Lay City Dwellers. Do you have any idea of, uh, of what their makeup is or what they're like? No, we haven't got any information on Lay uh, at the moment, but obviously something that we'll be looking at in the, uh, in the coming months. But it's great to see some new teams in the, uh, the O-League. Obviously, one of the big changes uh, for the competition next year is that for the first time it's going to be hosted in New Zealand, um, Fiji, the last two years. So with the dominance that we've seen with Auckland City and, of course, Team Wellington making the final in 2015, um, you know, uh, another advantage for those New Zealand clubs to be playing in home conditions. Yeah, it will be because they're obviously used to the uh, the home conditions. It'll be a lot cooler for our boys. But, again, uh, it'll be nice to be able to play uh, in good facilities on nice pitches, uh, which will suit our team from a te- technical viewpoint. At the moment, it's actually quite difficult for teams, especially from Vanuatu, after the cyclone, just with the, uh, the lack of facilities uh, here in Vanuatu. So we're going to welcome the, the opportunity to, uh, to play in New Zealand. The likes of Auckland and Hikari have had big budgets in the past and you guys have done your fair share of recruiting as well, bringing back a familiar face for coaching and what's the playing roster looking like? We've uh, kept a number of the players from uh, from last season. Maurel, the uh, the goalkeeper from uh, from Italy, Francesco Peroni. We've signed uh, Ian Hogg from New Zealand, so that's uh, a bit of a coup for us. Also Colin Marshall, who played for Amical two years ago when we made the final with Auckland. So he's coming back and uh, another talented Italian midfielder, uh, Giorgio uh, Bershaki, uh, who played over in Australia in the uh, in the A League and uh, and State League in Australia so um, and uh, third and second division in Italy so uh, he's an exciting uh, young player uh, so we look forward to having them on board how is it mixing in some of those guys that sort of filter in and out how many of them are sort of there for the whole domestic campaign or come in for little spits and spurts and obviously the coach coming back in January you've got a local man in charge at the moment domestically um how, how do you sort of fuse all that together and make sure it's all uh working uh, in unison? It's not too difficult. Um, I mean, what we've done this year is three or four of the players have, uh, have started pre-season uh, and we haven't actually started our uh, domestic competition yet. That's not starting until early next year. So um, from that point of view, the preparation has been a little bit difficult. But yeah, we've got uh, quite a few players that have started pre-season already and uh, then the rest of the players will come in uh, early January and fairly confident that we'll be prepared and and a lot of the players are quite professional so they fit in you know quite well and uh, have been here before so they know the lay of the land and uh, Anthony what sort of chance do you give yourself Sam McCarl have you know in recent years been one of the better teams that have been uh, up there contending as you say made the final a, a couple of years ago do you still see yourself as a genuine contender and back yourself to knock over the likes of Auckland we certainly do. I mean, we wouldn't be in the competition if we didn't think we were in with a chance. Yeah, we're confident with the uh, the players that we've got and the, 
the preparation that we have coming up. I mean, again, it's going to be a, a challenge um, trying to uh, to beat Auckland. Obviously, they're uh, you know champions of Oceania and and did well in the World Club Championship last year. But you know, we're confident that we're in with a, a good chance. Yeah, it does sort of seem like the last 12 months have been quite good for some of the island nations, though. Uh, obviously, uh, the Fiji Olympic team uh, heading to Rio and um, their under-20 side were at the uh, World Cup there as well. So it seems like you know it doesn't have to always be New Zealand. There are opportunities. Yeah, there is. I mean, there's a lot of talent in the island nations. I mean, you've seen with Roy Krishna playing for uh, Wellington Phoenix. Uh, there's a lot of talent here. I think just what's lacking is just the organisation and... Um, and professionalism, uh, which you know, teams like Amical um, uh, are trying to bring forward to you know the Melanesian you know, culture. So um, I think in the in the next few years, whether it's uh, the upcoming O League, you'll you'll find that uh, quite possibly one of the Melanesian teams will uh, will be up there uh, and possibly winning the uh, the tournament again. That's the Amical FC technical director Anthony Pisano. Meanwhile, Guam's Football World Cup qualifying hopes are over after a heavy 6-0 defeat to Iran at home. It was the Mateos' first loss on home soil during the qualifying campaign in the fifth straight match in which they had failed to score a goal. The team remains on course to qualify for the Asian Cup for the first time, with a top-four finish in their group enough to advance to the final playoff round. And that's the World in Sport for this week. I'm Vinnie Wiley. As always, thank you very much for listening. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.